0: Everyone is helping each other in fairness, and this is a good in this situation because if we have problems with one event in one country, we can always try to move to another country where the problems are less you know strong let's say so you know we are working on that, and uh, the yeah. the biggest problem we call the face. And i have I can say this now, and you know it as well, is the mobility between one country to another that called uh, limit as uh, in this situation because you know that now in Europe some countries are with uh, uh, closed borders, and this will create the problem where you know uh, yeah. maybe some riders will not be able to travel. To go to another country, but we really hope that by July or June or July, this will be solved. You're listening to the one and only Real 45 Podcast. We talk about life, racing, and getting sideways. Hey, every day is a new day. How hard can it be? And now your hosts are in the building, Greg Hancock and Stephen Junell.
1: Okay, everybody, welcome to the Real 45 Podcast. I'm Greg Hancock, your host for today. (laughs) Stefan uh, is not with me on this episode, Um, but I had the chance to catch up with a really good longtime friend and former Speedway rider and now the... FIM director of track racing and uh, he's been a longtime friend he's a 12-time Italian speedway champion he's a five-time world finalist and this dude's the most decorated Italian speedway rider ever welcome Mr. Armando Castagna
0: ciao ciao Greg thank you for uh, such introduction I feel honored now <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I was just gonna say because I wanted to start the episode off by calling you either the Italian stallion, like you know, like uh, Rocky Balboa, or do I just call you like I normally do, General Custer?
0: I think it's better, t- General Custer. Now, <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you'll always be the Italian stallion of Speedway for me. So that's that's all I gotta say. <laughs>
0: Thank you. Uh,
1: Hey, how are you guys doing? I don't like to I don't want to take up too much time with this coronavirus COVID stuff because it's taking up everybody's life these days and especially you guys there. You're in the northern part of Italy. And um, can we ask how things are going or what is what's your opinion about stuff at this stage?
0: Of course. Uh, Well, uh, uh, thanks God at the moment we are okay Uh, around my family. We are, you you know, in the bigger castagna house. We have many families, all my brothers living here, my mama still here, and uh, we are all okay at the moment. We lost an uh, uncle, we lost our auntie, which are living uh, not far from here, but uh, thanks God we are okay. Yes, it's pretty tough. It's pretty tough because we have been now in total quarantine for uh, six weeks. So, wow. yeah, that's a long time, yes and uh, we had uh, we had a lot of uh, casualties around as well, and a lot of, uh, uh, how can you say, uh, people with the virus and... Uh, but I have to be honest and uh, I am happy to say that uh, the region where I live, you know, the Veneto region is uh, pretty good with the hospital and the health service and... Uh, they are con- they are coping good, I would say. You you know very well. You've been around my place many times, and we have been around Milan and Bergamo together many times. And uh, you know, Bergamo, especially in Brescia, it is a disaster, disaster. Oh, wow. And, and uh, yeah, it's pretty bad there. And uh, thousands of people have, uh, is, are already dead, and. Uh, you can imagine the, the, the chaos, you know, in the last uh, four weeks.
1: Oh, my gosh. I mean, and that's, that is not really all that far away from you, distance-wise, either, is it? So, I mean, it's it's amazing how it can, like, have these, like, hot spots.
0: Yes, correct. I think uh, uh, now, after, uh, let's say, a couple of months, uh, we started to realize that, of course, uh, when you are in big cities like Milan, the virus uh, spread uh, uh, of course, in, let's, let's say, in better way. And uh, when you are a bit isolated, uh, is more uh, uh, restricted, let's say. So, you know, we are pretty lucky where we live because we are out from the town, a couple of kilometers from the squares and all that, uh, away from the big cities, and that, of course, helps a lot. But Bergamo, which is a very industrial area and industrial city, is a uh, fully contaminated and the uh, is only like, uh, you know, half an hour, uh, 45 minutes from me. And uh, so, yes, we are uh, right in the middle of this uh, coronavirus pandemic. pandemic
1: man that's and you said you lost an uncle and an auntie from the from the virus too
0: well the auntie we don't know because uh the, the she had a heart operation and then she died and the the the, oh, the uncle shoot. the uncle of course uh, he was uh, old but he was okay and he died the problem is that because so many people die uh, you see only the official numbers but many times many people die and you cannot even make the funeral or anything and they go to cremation. Can you say cremation?
1: Yeah, crema- yeah they get cremated. Yeah. They get cremation,
0: cremated yeah. and you don't know if they died of coronavirus or not. Only because so many people uh, have this virus and uh, you don't get all the total information sometimes. And uh, I'm sure you have seen in TV, in, maybe in the States, all this uh, happening in Brescia and Bergamo where all the military... Take the 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 dead people, of course, during the night in the coffins, and uh, yeah. you know, so you can imagine when you had such a mass deaths around, is also difficult to get the correct information.
1: Oh, it's um, that's crazy, right? Because it, whether it's they're dying of something else or they're dying of, sadly, from this as well, you nobody really knows the truth. So you like you say, you get the final death rate numbers and all you think is everybody died from coronavirus so it makes it it makes it even that much worse
0: correct and uh, oh. and to be honest with you the best way these days especially here is not to go to hospital it doesn't matter what you have don't go to hospital because uh, you know it is easy that uh, you come out uh, or you get the virus you know so uh, oh, no. Yeah, it's, it's not the safe place to go anymore. No, <laughs> I mean we joke now, but uh, you know, even in the yeah. house, we say let's be careful. We don't break uh, something because uh, if you break something, we cannot go to hospital. <laughs> Simple. Oh
1: man, you don't want to. You know, I just one of our one of our good friends um, here. The why it's a husband and wife. They both work for the Children's Hospital of Orange County, and. The children's hospital is actually at a point where they're going to start laying people off. Doctors are going not going to be able to work because there isn't any work for them. There's no accidents. The cancer units and things like that are still open and taking care of, you know, the specialty doctors. But the normal, you know, sickness or or car accidents and you know, unlikely all these things you don't ever want to hear about those there aren't enough cases because everybody's at home there aren't as many accidents and things like that as I was just told which sounds
0: crazy right yeah. so it does it does sound crazy because uh, if you think that uh, it has been for example six six weeks that uh, we don't use uh, my car for example or my motorbike you know six weeks uh, we just starting it to keep the batteries going. I never saved so much money on fuel like the last six weeks.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And fuel prices are going down.
0: Yeah, well, you (laughs) see, that's the the complete craziness, you know. They drop the the fuel down now that nobody is using the vehicles.
1: Oh, so your car is getting like six weeks to the gallon now? (laughs) (laughs) six weeks to the leader (laughs) they're making jokes about that here so i mean you know we have to find i think everybody is getting so creative with trying to be positive and funny uh, making the best out of a, a very nasty situation but it's uh what we've seen on tv too there in italy and what the people are doing in in those areas those regions where they're celebrating and singing out their windows and i don't know. hopefully that's all true you know it's not just what we're seeing on tv but it's so so cool to see the the italian um, mentality and everybody trying to find something good out of it yeah
0: absolutely i think this is what uh, we have to try to do it's like as here in the family you know uh, Daniela goes in the bathroom and get ready and get nice to do what? Just to come to the kitchen. <laughs> we get... we <laughs> and, and, and you're like,
1: wow, wow, babe, you look Yeah,
0: cool. where you go? Tonight?
1: Every night, where are you, where are you going? And, and uh, How come you didn't invite me? <laughs>
0: so, you know, it, it is I, like this. Today I was talking with my friend, they live in Roma, and they live in a uh, uh, 60 square meter uh, flat right in the center of Roma oh, no, and uh, he, he told me that he hasn't been out for the last four weeks from his flat and uh, sometimes he said he goes out in the balcony and think, Christ, I don't know if it's bad if I jump off the balcony or what, because he said <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah." I mean, we joke now, but uh,
1: yeah, you know,
0: he's uh I don't know what will happen because now our government uh, extended the quarantine to the um, end of April and maybe beginning of May. So you can imagine it will be a long uh, quarantine, which somehow I take it uh, with a bit of philosophy, you know. I mean, you know, we have been through uh, some injuries uh, where we have been Uh, how can you say restricted in bed or at home you know for months so Mm -hmm. I take I take it a bit as a how can you say compulsory home uh, holiday with of course some work but most of the work uh, is done via computer or Skype or you know video calls etc and telephone and that's it Mm -hmm. Uh, do a bit of training every day and uh, try To keep the belly down and that's it
1: (laughs) that's good you got to get up to keep the belly down
0: yeah can you imagine (laughs) and the problem is that the belly is growing
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's that's amazing right people are stuck at home and people are getting more fit than ever this is unreal
0: (laughs) absolutely
1: Well, well, you're like the classic Italian film family. You know, if we think about it, you know, there's there's you while we're on this subject about food and everything. wait, <clears throat> There's you and you have four brothers. Is that correct?
0: Correct. We have five brothers. Yes. And
1: five brothers in total. And then I always tell people there's five brothers and mama and mama is still the boss.
0: Yes. Mama is still the boss. She's uh, 88 years old. And uh, she's uh, just uh, like uh, twenty meters from uh, where I live, and uh, uh, poor woman. Now she's uh, getting a bit uh, old, and of course, uh, you know, she started to forget things sometimes. And uh, but uh, Christ, I tell you, oh, she's still strong, and she, and she still is making me. That's what makes me laugh. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, that's the only, That's what keeps her going, right? That's what keeps her staying, just to smack you around a little bit.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's how we are. We are like this, and uh, uh, nearly all the brothers we are close and living here, except one, which is only like uh, three hundred meters away. So uh, the other four brothers, we are all here, and it's like how can you call it a uh, uh, family clan? <laughs> I don't know if you can say it.
1: Mm. Sure, you can say whatever you want. You're
0: Italian. Uh, I have to be careful what I say. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's Google Translate these days, and people can figure everything out. So, <laughs> sure. yeah. so, but you have—is it John? Is that the only brother who doesn't live on the premise? Yeah, is there?
0: John is uh, living in about uh, yeah three hundred, four hundred meters away. Is in... oh, he's that close? Yeah, he's not far away. Just up in the castle. You remember in the castle? We you have been there and. Uh, yeah, up. Yeah. You, yeah,
1: that's such a beautiful part of the world, there, you know. And I, I'm glad that, that you know, I'm lucky to be your friend, first of all, but to be to have, have the opportunity to spend so much time at your guys's place over the years. And we used to, uh, Jenny and I make jokes about it, but we would look for a reason <laughs> to go to Italy just to eat at your place and, and have some wine and just catch up with your family because everybody's always so hospitable and welcoming and, um, you know, you just you just get treated right in Argentina.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Greg. And you know better than me that uh, it has been, first of all, uh, uh, as you said before, we have been friends, uh, close friends for many years. And uh, and uh, we have been knocking each other off on the track and uh, <laughs> we have been, that, you know, you never, you, to be honest, you never knocked me off, but uh, maybe I did. <laughs>
1: I don't, you know what, if you did knock me off, I don't remember <laughs> it. Maybe you remember and you don't want to remind me. No, that. But, I probably hit my head really hard and I can't remember the crash.
0: <laughs> but we have been lucky. We've been lucky because we had, uh, we have been like uh, together for so many years around and uh, we, we share a good time together. And uh, to be honest, uh, especially now that I am in quarantine and you've, you, you have more time to think about that uh and you appreciate a lot, you know, the time that we spend together. And uh, to be honest, uh, I'm really looking forward to have uh, all of you back here again, and uh, so we can spend some days together and uh, have a good time.
1: You know what, likewise, there's never enough of that. And over the years, I've always, you know, we, for for many years, we tried to come at least once a year to Italy and do it, and in the last, you know, the recent years, that life is just so busy with, as you know yourself, with with family, with kids, with job, or racing, or whatever you're doing. Uh, it's it makes it so difficult, but I still enjoy every opportunity I can to get to Italy. And I I assume that Italy is everywhere in Italy is, should be something similar to your area there. You know, and it's, you guys have a family-run hotel and restaurant on the premises. And all your brothers, and or or your four brothers, the four of you, and your families also living in that that vicinity of that of the house. It's all in different like leveled tiers. It's like out of a movie, you know. And you you really got to see it to believe it. So, anybody who wants to go to Italy, I always tell them that you should take a trip through Arzignano or that area because uh, obviously because I know you and I want to swamp you with with people to talk about Speedway because I know you love it and uh, it's just. It's like an amazing experience. It really is. For an American guy from Southern California to eat Italian food down here at, uh, I don't even want to call it Italian food, but Olive Garden. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, it does not, it actually paints a really bad picture of Italian yeah. food. To be honest, you've got to go to Italy to, to eat
0: really Yeah, it. well, I have, I think uh, you've been around the world many times and uh, myself as well, we we had this luck have been that we have been traveling a lot, and uh, I have to say that uh, uh, how can you say that the, the welcome that uh, the Italian people give to you is a very special and uh, of course uh, every country have got different uh, uh, way to welcome and uh, to treat you and uh, of course I appreciate every place I have been, but I can imagine for a foreign coming to Italy and uh, see what the Italians eat and what the Italians put on the table uh, is uh, impressive. And I have to say that where I live in the north is okay. But when you go down center or south, it is uh, extremely crazy, you know, because they they just fill you up like, I don't know, like a duck in France, you know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and they keep picking you up and they keep asking you, why you don't eat no more? You must eat more. <laughs>
1: uh, we think you do that to us in the north, so we have no chance anywhere else.
0: Yeah, it's like it's like when you go down the center or south, uh, when they make a wedding, for example, here in the north, let's say we have 80, 100. In the south, 300, 400 people. You know, it's, it's a more extreme down there than here in the north. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah.
1: Well that combined with, with everything again, this is all part of the experience there of coming to to the Castagna facility. Like you guys you guys I guess you still do it in a similar manner that you have always done when I've been there, except that you're quite busy working away these days. So but each one of you had like a different position or a different time in the restaurant, whether it was the breakfast the lunch or the dinner or where you all came together depending on the on the occasion or the night or the day. Is that correct? Yeah,
0: it's totally correct. Also, because uh, don't forget that sometimes between brothers, the relationship is not always great. So, you know, no, that's <laughs> so, I mean. yeah. you know, uh, they, uh, my brothers just uh, made up that uh, someone look after breakfast, then everyone work at lunch. Time because of course lunchtime lunch time is very busy here, and then for dinner, yeah. for dinner there is a, a, a shift. So like one week one brother, another week another brother, and uh, so you you try to give more time off to one brother. Like uh, so, yes, we spread the 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 the, the, the jobs. Like and of course I am the the part time one because I am still part of the business and uh, when I am at home I always work in the kitchen and uh, I try to do it because I like it. I am the grill man. So like uh, for three hours during the day I'm going in the grill and uh, that's my job. I love the grill and uh, what you call barbecue but we have a different way to cook the meat. I'm sure you have seen it. You remember?
1: Yeah, you've actually let me come in there and cook myself uh, showing me what to do which is I, I mean I still cook meat the same way that you taught me in the day so it's, yeah, it's yeah. awesome
0: and uh you know this is a but of course I'm not home all the time and uh and uh and, and now is funny because now everything is completely closed for the last 6 weeks and uh we are hoping that uh maybe in the next month or so it will be possible to reopen the business because uh, if not, this will become also economic uh, disaster, you know? Oh, of
1: course. Is your government pretty helpful in this case uh, with everybody or trying to work with everyone and help them together? Well, uh,
0: if I have to be honest, uh, I, it's better if I don't com- comment on this because, uh, you know, I don't <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I um, it could, sure. let's say it could be better
1: absolutely i get it no problem the uh your mom obviously she still comes that she still has a hand on on everything in the kitchen too right doesn't she for certain meals she's
0: she's uh, always in the kitchen but she's not working anymore she can't do it anymore now she just comes in the kitchen and just control she's got like uh, three antennas in the head and she everything (laughs) she's uh, like the cia unbelievable you cannot do nothing wrong, she tell you off. Unbelievable. Every day she's there, like for those two or three hours where is the peak time, and also in the evening, and uh, she just tell us off all the time, and that's it, and she's happy.
1: Unbelievable, man. It's crazy. I mean, you really got to see it to to understand it, and it's so cool how she whips you guys into shape, but, you know, as you mentioned yourself, sometimes the brothers don't get along, but you, you've told me, you guys, there's there's a there's a certain few of you there which look like you could be quite, you wouldn't want to cross you guys in a dark alley, but you guys like to get in the ring sometimes, right? And throw a few
0: gloves. Yeah, well, yes, we did. And sometimes uh, we did actually not a long time ago, but uh, after we decided that it's better to stop because uh, it was getting a bit tough. <laughs> <laughs> it was getting a bit tough, but yes, I mean, we are, you know, as, you know, we, we, we have a lot of friends and uh, of course we have a lot of enemies, you know, especially me now in my position, I made more enemies in the last uh, five years that I made in 25 years of racing because I am part of the FIM and you know what uh, people many times think, but uh, uh, I have to say that uh, with my brothers, uh, we argue a lot And the best, uh, and we have a terrific relation, especially now, because uh, I made uh, an agreement with all my family and my my brothers that we have to speak out what we really think and uh, not to keep inside. And the best way is always to do it. So we argue, we swear to each other. Sometimes we also, you know, we need to get to the hands, but... uh, you see the relation still going good and we're still all around here. So at the end of the day, we can't be that wrong.
1: Oh, that's pretty cool. That's amazing. Uh, again, working with, you know, the same people every day is one thing, but working with your family and living in the same va- basic vicinity as your whole, all your brothers and your families. I mean, your, your guys' property is quite nice and it's good size. So everybody has their space, but you're never far away from each other at the mm-hmm. same time. So it's it's pretty impressive that that, that actually works, and uh, I think it's great because you know you can you can feel the tension sometimes, but most of the time you guys just do what you got to do to get it open, You know, say what you got to say, and everybody yeah. laughs about it, and then, then goes on and yeah. does their own thing. So it's pretty. It's yeah, pretty there
0: is thing. many many f words many f uh, uh, words going around sometimes, but you know, uh, at the end of the day, if it helps. To to take off the pressure, then okay. The next day we are still brothers, and we are here for the yeah. same, uh, uh, how you say, target objective. So you know that's how it is. Uh, for us, is uh, working pretty good.
1: Absolutely, and I mean, and then you're married. You've got Daniela, Paco, and, and Francesca. Uh, Francesca, the kids. So you've got. Then you throw that into the equation, right? Then you've got wives dealing with, you know, sister-in-laws and vice versa. You know, that all that kind of stuff. We all have our, our issues or, or concerns over the years. But again, you guys, it's a real family gathering every single day. Maybe you guys do your own thing. Not all the wives work in the restaurant no, Actually, right?
0: actually uh, none of the wives, only Mariano one help a little bit in the morning. For breakfast, but uh, this was this happened a few months ago because there was a a bit uh, there was it was necessary to get some more help. But uh, Paco, for example, was working there, and uh, and one of Mariano's daughters is working there. But um, how can you say Uh, we try to well, well? You know better than me that my brothers are also getting older now. And one brother is already in pension, True. so we try to continue mm-hmm. with the, the with some of the childrens. You know, the 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 sons or the daughters of our brothers to be part of the business.
1: Do you see Do you see that as a as a future for the kids too? Will Will they help to keep the family tradition going? I mean, in this day and age, do you mm-hmm. feel
0: that? I think so. Yes. I think that we will have uh, someone uh, taking part of it. And uh, we are also after what, uh, what is happening now with this coronavirus situation and uh, with the business closed down for so many weeks and maybe months, because we still don't know when we will be able to open again. We are changing some, uh, uh, the company, let's call it a situation and uh, And uh, mm-hmm. of course, maybe we will have uh, some uh, young uh, uh, assets coming in with uh, some children and daughters, uh, you know, and to try to involve them. Mm-hmm. I think uh, this place, uh, my mother opened this place uh, sixty years ago, so of course it will be a shame to to let it go or to sell it. This is why we try to continue with the same people and the same uh, blood, let's say. That's fantastic.
1: Yeah. Good here because that would be scary, obviously, for your mom. She she wants some peace to know that everything that they've built, um, you know, you guys have built together too now, and it's it would be a shame to let Absolutely. it go. Absolutely.
0: And by the way, I'm just having a glass of wine now.
1: Oh yeah. You know what? It's a little bit early in the day here for me, so it's only eleven. So I'm gonna I'm gonna wait till at least twelve before uh, okay. I have a glass with you.
0: So yeah, we have to talk I am okay because time. it's eight o'clock in the evening, so I can have a one glass. Um,
1: hey, that's okay. I w- I should, really should just have a glass with you because it's you know it's fine Italian uh,
0: hospitality. <laughs> <That's right>. We <laughs> make a ching <sure>, ching.
1: <laughs> yeah, ching ching. We can't. I can't go anywhere. <laughs> I'm staying home anyway. So.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, so. Uh, <laughs> Looking at all this, we don't. We never talk about your dad. Obviously, you, you lost your father. Uh, he was, yeah, yeah too young. To go, I lost
0: right? my father when I was 22 years old, and uh, it was very tough for uh, for all of us. Actually, when I lost uh, my my father, I was racing in South America, and um, and of course, they, I had to fly back immediately. And they never informed me that uh, he was dead, but of course, uh, I felt it. And uh, they never told me until uh, I I landed in uh, in the airport and uh, my brothers came pick me up and said uh, he's gone and uh, but I knew it you know when you feel something you know they told me that he was very ill etc and uh, it was very difficult and very tough because uh, it was the time when I was uh, let's call it becoming more or less professional and uh, and uh, actually that year. <clears throat> is uh, when I decided to join a full-time British League uh, club and um, and I just moved to, to England. And this that was one of the reasons as well. The loss of my father for me was uh, uh, very difficult and uh, I don't know, we had a kind of special relationship and uh, I used to travel with him uh, all the time because he was a lorry driver and... Uh, And, uh, you know, at that time uh, he was working with the lorry and uh, plus when he was at home, he was uh, in the kitchen, in the very small, let's call it a family restaurant, because we are talking about 1987, when my father went. So, you know, at that time uh, it was, the restaurant was not like now, it was a very small and uh, very local, let's say, then... You know, after that, uh, my mother and my brothers worked very hard to expand uh, to what is now.
1: Right. Wow, man, that's, uh, so this is what I mean. Like you guys were, there was five brothers in total and then your mom. So like she she's lost, you know, the love of her life and you guys lost your father, but suddenly like all of a sudden she took over and, and it's so cool to see the, the kind of way that the the what do you want to say the energy that she brings to the room when she's there and how she can tame the tame the lion when she needs to. in And it's just it's uh, she must be a, a very, very strong lady trying to take care of five boys on her own even though you guys were grown up as well, it's still, you're all still working. Yeah, still yeah, I can
0: tell you that uh, if, if I remember uh, yeah. some uh, some timing, some anecdotes, you know, Christ, uh, she, mm-hmm. she has been loving us a hell of a lot. I can tell you she grew up as in the best way possible, mm-hmm. but she has been very hard. I don't know, maybe uh, she had to, because of course we have five brothers like us, it was not easy really to deal with, and uh, if I remember, that the, the, uh, sometimes she used to have um, a wood stick, and um, I, we had to run very quick.
1: <laughs> You've been on the wrong yeah, side I, of I the wood stick, yes,
0: I did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! So, so you know, bad. it's funny now <laughs> these sorry. days. You know that uh, uh, you know if you touch your children, they call we call it the 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 special line on the telephone. You know, oh, oh, you know, my yeah, mother right. <laughs> is beating me up. This <laughs> makes me laugh because at that time, you, you know, we 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 needed to call every day. Then, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> and even if you call, they still did not do anything. <laughs> they said Correct. you should listen to your mother. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, that's so cool! That's so cool. Have has your mom? Was your dad a, a supporter of your racing?
0: Did he? No, no, I thought no. Actually, uh, he stopped me. He was uh he's funny because he he was racing a bit of motocross, and uh, when I started uh-huh. uh, motocross as well, he he never. Uh, support me at all, and they always wanted me to stop. And then when I went in Speedway, I, of course, the first two years I, I crashed a lot, and I had uh, a lot of injuries, like I broke many bones, and I was in the hospital all the time. And he never supported me, and this is why, yeah, never. And this is why I had to wait until eighteen years old when I was, how you call it, a major, you know, and I could take a decision on my own. I could not start a race speed before, I think. Uh-huh. And, um, and the first two years, I had the, uh, sorry, the first year I had the bikes in my home and I had to take the bikes away because uh, he wanted to destroy them because I was in the hospital all the time. And, uh, and of course, I, I moved the bikes away. And uh, then, I, of course, I started to become better. And then the only time he came to see me, I didn't know it. Uh, it was a world uh, qualifier round uh, uh, in world championship qualifier round in Lonigo, and it was the first ever qualifier round that I won and uh, he came after the meeting he came and I saw him and I said oh, Dad you are here and he just looked at me and he said mm, you are not bad you can you continue oh. and I thought wow this was the best ever ever um, how you say um, uh, compliment that I could receive in my life, actually?
1: Oh. oh my gosh! Yeah. So yeah, you had to take that as it was at the time. So that that was a big yeah, of course. For me, it was a
0: big moment because uh, for him to say you mm, was not bad, and I and I just was I was thinking, Christ, I just won the meeting, and uh, well, it was my first ever world championship event that I won. And he just said to me, oh, you're not bad. You can continue.
1: <laughs> oh, <yeah>. oh. <laughs> I guess I can still be better, though. That's yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, all I'll, jokes aside, obviously, you're, you're, I've I've been fortunate to meet your mom and your brothers and stuff and seen them at the races, and they all came to a lot of, I mean, every time I was in Lanigo, there was at least one or two of your brothers were there, Mariano and And Paolo would show up. And uh, I mean, that's so much fun to see that. So you left home, you know, obviously at an early age too, started traveling and you were, how, you went to England. I was 85,
0: but I was there only like for a month because I qualified for the final in Bradford, uh, the world final. And uh, I decided just to to give a try and I signed for Kingsley. But after three weeks, I just uh, ran back home. I couldn't stand uh, uh the place let's say you know I did, yeah i didn't i didn't really okay you so say yes i liked it but it was not uh the way i thought maybe it's because i got ripped off a little bit with the deal and uh you know how it is oh, early no. and etc yeah and then i didn't go back to england uh 86 and then uh, of course in 87 when my father died uh, and I uh, had Ipswich wanted me and I decided to go and uh, for me it was the best ever decision I made because uh, uh, I would say that I spent uh, uh, many years in England and uh, I I have to say thank you for, for what I got there because uh, I was treated uh, fantastic most of the time there everywhere so um, it was a good decision I will say.
1: Man, that's that's so cool i i've i've looked up some of your your past history and how you did there you i mean you had a lot of years of racing in the uk and only kingsland that short period and then two years two years the year, two, right? i
0: was 87 88 and oh, then i moved uh, oh, okay. to reading and yeah yeah in reading i stayed many reading. years and uh, actually it was a uh, the best, uh, best part of my career, you know, '90s, '92, when we won the league. Um, I think he was racing for credly then, and and uh, yes. of course uh, everything went uh, fantastic, '92, uh, '93, and then one thing that really crossed uh, as well my my feeling, etc., in riding was when Pair. Of course, crashed in 94, and that, uh, that uh, I don't know, mm-hmm. t- touched me a lot, let's say. And um, I don't know, I lost, uh, of course, 94 was a disaster here for that reason as well. I got injured as well. And then I i started to move around, uh, 95 went to Oxford, uh, and uh, then I did a, a short spell pool Uh, And then I went back to Reading for my last uh, couple of seasons, which I already uh, planned that uh, 2000 and 2001 were going to be my last seasons. And I decided to spend them uh, with Reading because I was, of course, treated very well. (laughs) Yeah. So
1: you decided that in 2000 there, that
0: that was going to be your final couple of years of racing, you kind of knew then? How can you say, Uh, I was, uh, I don't know, 37, 38, and I said, okay, family was growing, and um, I thought uh, that uh, uh, I I gave, um, how can you say, the best I could, and uh, I had uh, some good results, uh, you know, better than me, when when we were in the GP together in 98, and then I did another couple of seasons in good way. But then of course, uh, I got uh, uh, some other stuff, like I started to race also flat track uh, with the Harley Davidson. And uh, I I won the series in Italy in 98, and, uh, and there was a lot of things moving on. And I said, okay, I will do another couple of seasons in England and then, I think it's time to call the let's the professional uh, career off and um, and do some other things, yeah. you know. And uh, this is how it went. So from 2001, yes, I did uh, two or three faraways because you remember very well you was part of it, and uh, and then I did some other yeah. open meetings around, uh, and that's it. And then and then I stopped.
1: That's fantastic! That's so cool. I still I won the, uh, a Honda four stroke scooter at one of your fantastic. I remember very too. well.
0: I remember you you and Jenny going around with that scooter. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's <Yeah>. so cool. <laughs> so it's still there. It's still yeah. got the uh, style.
0: Uh, we had sure. some. We had. Uh, I had to say <laughs> that we had some good time, and uh, yeah, you know, but. Um, To be honest with you, I feel like um, I like to look back sometimes, but uh, uh, I'm not the kind of person like uh, the old uh, speedy riders or the old farts, uh, let's call them, you know, know, that uh, they meet together. Oh, you remember this? You remember that? Christ, you know, I I don't know. I can stand maybe five, ten minutes, and then uh, I'm trying to look uh, forward. I know you are the same. You are the same because... um, when I look back yeah. uh, all the time, I think, okay, that was another life. Now we have to concentrate on what uh, is happening today and what uh, can happen tomorrow. This is my philosophy. That's it.
1: I, I understand exactly what you mean, you know, and I mean, even over the years now, it's, you, you do so much, I think in the later years, you do so much racing too. It's hard to remember all the races you did and, uh, you know, you're so determined or focused on, on winning and, and putting in the hard work or finding something a little bit better than the rest that uh, it, it starts to take away from the emotions of of all of those events because you're just, gosh, I got to beat these guys. I got to beat these guys. And suddenly you're like, okay, that was then. I did it. I did my best. I don't want to talk about it because it's like I get to the point where I'm like, oh my gosh, there's some great memories and there's yeah. a lot of stuff I
0: really <laughs> don't want to talk about. Absolutely. Really don't want to. Now, you know, I have a new, let's say, a new position. I'm I'm briefing speedway and eating speedway and long track and high speedway every day. I am, uh, which is beautiful because it's part of my job now. And, uh, but maybe this is why uh, I don't uh, look back a lot uh, at my. A racing career because I am involved in the motorsport uh, every day, less twenty four hours, and uh, I don't need to do that really.
1: <laughs> well, there's 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 a question I have for you. So I mean, your position now, your current role was that a was it a, a a tough decision, or I mean, you got you were put up for um, for track racing, and you took you took the decision and you you took the position was that is that a good challenge for you after racing does that feel like this is my new thing i know the racing so well but you're also at the same time you're like you're changing your hats you're going from a rider to a top level position on the other side of the fence yet all of your education and everything came from from a rider's perspective and then obviously you have always mixed with a lot of the, the federations and what have you but was that strange? Because suddenly you're looking at everybody and everybody's looking at you like, okay, is he still a rider? Is he still our Well, friend? this or is, is a, a
0: good question actually and uh, not very easy to um, to answer because um, I, totally, I totally agree with you that sure. um, it was uh, difficult. Yes, it was uh, in one way difficult because it was funny when I stopped uh, racing, let's say I became team manager for Italy and then one day Renzo said to me, would you be interested to become a referee? And I never forget. I said, a referee. If I think, mm-hmm. think oh, all <laughs> the swearing that I gave to the referees when I was racing, and I said, I said No, thank you. No <laughs> chance. I want to become a referee. And they said, okay, well, but maybe there is a place in the commission, you know, because I'm retiring and I said, okay, let's see. And uh, yes, I was interested actually. And then I didn't realize how uh, tough it was going to be uh, coming from my world to let's call it uh, the, as you said, the opposite side. And um, because at that time, when I entered, in my opinion, it was definitely the opposite side. And uh, perhaps uh, with uh, the, the experience sure. that I had in my, let's, let's say, nearly 30 years career in in motorcycle, I tried to change the, a lot of these in in uh, my, let's call it in my time, especially in the last five years. You know, I tried to bring... Uh, a lot of people inside my commission that have been part of the racing, from riders to mechanics, to technicals, you know. And uh, I don't say that uh, the FIM uh, Track Racing Commission is perfect now, but I have to say that it's definitely much better than when it was in the past. You know very well that in the past, how the FIM, officials were, you know, the way they were acting. I think now uh, the, the people that I have in my commission are more, let's call it part of the game. So I don't say that we are in the same boat, but you know, at least we are trying to listen as well a bit more to what the riders say, to what uh, uh, organizers say, to people who are part of the of this world say, you know, so. But it's still not easy. It's still not easy to, to make it perfect.
1: I you know what I, I've I've watched with, with um interest over the years too. And obviously you and I have always been buddies and um we've shared so many stories on and off the track and together at your place or even with like Jason Crump or Tony or Lee. We've all met at your restaurant over the years, even when you finished racing. And we've had so many discussions and we talk about the sport, of course. We're always at, all about speedways, always at the, the heart of a lot of our conversations and, and you moving into newer roles and discussing possibilities. But you are always the one who always, you know, you're no matter where you are, you've got to you've got to be working with the old system that was there. And then the new system that you eventually have, have you guys have managed to build and put together and taking into consideration the concerns, the interests, the ideas or the advice uh from from the writers as well and trying to in an ideal world everybody wants everything that they can get but there's always got to be a compromise you know so and that's all part of life right so yeah you want black i want white so how do we get gray you know and we got to figure it out to make it work for everyone and um it's not always going to go perfect and you and i have even had our discussions or our disagreements But because, you know, we understand each other, you always go, okay. yeah, you reason. I got it. I I got your point. And you go back and forth. But that's what's interesting, because I don't you know, over the years, I haven't really had that kind of communication with many uh, higher officials there or governing from the governing body. You know, going back to maybe a Dunter sorber or somebody like that way back who was always curious and asking questions and whatever but this is different you know you're and being the the kind of racer that you were as especially with uh, achievements and understanding of the sport i feel like i can talk to you at a a good level i can say what i think and whether you tell me i'm you're i'm crazy or hey that's something we can consider it's it's always easy because I can just throw it out at you and I can leave you with it and come away and we can discuss it over yeah, a glass yeah, ab- or a of wine.
0: Absolutely. I think yeah. uh, you, you said a lot of things already yourself, you know, that they, uh, I tried to, to open uh, a bridge uh, that, in my opinion, there wasn't before. And, uh, the, of course, uh, sometimes this bridge... Uh, uh, Close you know because sometimes uh, we have to take decisions that uh, doesn't make uh, of course everybody happy, but at least I try to open this bridge between the riders and especially and uh, I repeat not only the riders but the people who are involved in the, in the speedway world to, to discuss with the, uh, the FIM and to try to improve in somehow. Uh, I'm not here now to say what we done or what we didn't. You know, because uh, in my opinion, I can say that we've done some good things, uh, you know better than me. The safety on the tracks uh, comparing to, to the 90s is um, another world now, you know. Uh, and a lot of things that we've done Absolutely. Uh, and uh, a lot of things that we can do better. This is uh, one thing that uh, why I say I don't like to look back. Because if I look back when I was ice in the 80s and the 90s like you was, and I think Christ, you know, and uh, sometimes uh, I get angry when riders are complaining. Uh, and I think uh, bloody hell, twenty years ago it wasn't like this, and uh, you know, uh, there was not this kind of money, there was not this kind of safety. But it doesn't matter. I'm looking forward, and I I am always ready and work to try to improve the 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 um, the environment. Of the sport that's it the same thing that we done for the long track ice speedway because you know track racing is not only speedway you see what we've done for the flat track you know uh, i've been working 10 years and now this year we are opening the world championship and uh, for me this has been a great achievement you know because uh has it's never cool. been done before and uh, for me uh how can you say it's an everyday job and uh, it's my job and I have to try to do it in a good way. And I need to say that you did help me a lot because I, that bridge, you did help a lot to open. Because uh, you know better than me that in the last years, uh, we have been communicating officially, me as FIM, you as a rider, and uh, you became uh, ambassador for the FIM. You've been helping track racing hell of a lot regarding the safety, because every time I have, uh, I had some uh, questions to ask, I always called you as well. Not only you, but uh, you was the first one. And uh, I hope you will be the first one in the future as well, because uh, you can, uh, of course, uh, help a lot the situation in track racing. And, um, and somehow, as I already asked you, you're a member officially, I would like you to be part... Of our world for the future in one way or another
1: well i'm you know what i'm always honored and when you call me and ask me questions and i know sometimes you'll you know you'll call and say are you sitting down (laughs) then i think oh okay this is gonna be a serious chat you know we gotta have a (laughs) real good talk and i need to pick your brain or i'm gonna throw something at you and and uh, you tell me what you think and um I've always appreciated that. And sometimes if I've had a, you know, a, 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 maybe an argument or just an idea or a concern, I knew that I could call you too. If you got five minutes? I need to put something on you, you know, and you always made time. So these kind of things, you know, on or off the track, it's, I think of the best interest, maybe too much of the best interest of the sport. Sometimes I should be a little bit more selfish sometimes, but I can't help it because I, I want to see the sports succeed. I want to see all the riders happy i want to see all the writers being you know uh, the, obviously making money but being safe running hard but being fair uh, there's got to be a level a level of controversy but not over the top um and sometimes you just there is no way forward you know your, your way is going to be way too much one way and my way is going to be way too much the mm-hmm. other way so we have to find a way or we just say mm-hmm. okay yeah. finish discussion <laughs> you know we don't talk about this anymore and uh but most of the time, and I would say 99% of the time, but there's a we find a, a good way forward, and sometimes it doesn't work because you can't get the majority vote from either from the riders or, you know, and as I get older, too, or more advanced in the sport, I still have a, a very old-school way of thinking because I know how, like you just said there, when you look back, it's not good to look back because it was so different, and we would have never raced today in the circumstances we had Back in the day if we had the opportunity yep. and track conditions safety regulations but at the same talk the, the 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 handshake deals that we did compared to what we have to do today is like second to none you know they were so simple and most of the time it was everything was mm-hmm. honored yeah yeah we had our we had our moments it didn't work out but then you could just you know pay a visit and say hey listen are we going to fix this or are we not and um, and then you could you could work it out but it is a different world and we have to, we have to put that aside and, and work forward. And, um, you know, I, I never want to leave the sport for any reason. I'm maybe I'm not competitively racing anymore, but I'm still racing in my head and I'm still training and I'm still testing. And I'm, you know, I, I, I want to see nothing but success for this sport, as much yeah. as I hear all the new uh, things. As I think you on said
0: on the future. one thing before that is uh, somebody say black, somebody say white, and you have to find the gray. You know, uh, when you are when you was a rider, um, I'm talking about myself. When you was a rider, you have one way of thinking. Now I am on this uh, position. I can see the thinking. You know better than me that I was also a promoter. I was uh, organizing events, and I was. Uh, helping to run the SGPs in Italy, etc. I was a clerk of the course, and I was running big events. And uh, the grey the gray compromise, let's call it, is has to be found between the riders, the organizers, the federations. That is the best way that everybody needs to understand that there is not only the riders. When I was a rider, you think, without the riders, they cannot have the meeting. I totally agree. But without the stadium, you cannot have the meeting either. And without Mm -hmm. the organizers, you cannot have the meeting either. So, you know, is is, uh, the balance that is necessary Mm -hmm. to to be found. And I feel this, especially now, with the current situation, with this uh, pandemic situation, that uh, you know better than me that we are canceling one event after another, and we are postponing events one after another. I was just uh, uh, before our um, um, meeting, uh, I was uh, sending email to organizer in France saying, sorry, you know, uh, that we cannot run the meeting this year because uh, we have to cancel. Tomorrow we will cancel uh, all the qualify rounds and uh, is terrible because uh, you have to tell all these people and uh, that we need to cancel those meetings because of the government issues, uh, sorry, the government uh, uh, decisions that we cannot run mass events. Simple, so we have to cancel the sport events. And uh, in this situation, everybody needs to understand that that, uh, uh, we are all on the same boat organizers, riders, I can understand that the riders are saying we are not making money. Yes, I totally agree. But I can also tell everyone that everybody is losing hell of a lot of money now. The clubs, the sponsors are uh, pulling out. Mm. So is uh, I think we are all in the same boat. Or let's say we are all in the same shit. Sorry, you know, if I say that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, 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 that's okay. That's all right. This is open. So it's, uh, it's exactly right. We are on the same shit and it's, uh, there, there isn't much we can do. Yeah. I wish I was making more money and I wish that I had more to do. And everything that we had lined up is everything has been put on hold or canceled. And they just, Oh my goodness. You know, the main thing is that we have our health, my, you know, for us, my wife's healthy right now and prognosis looks good. And then, then you have everything going on with the, the rest of the world and, and the people that are laying in the hospitals that are struggling to get the the, the support that they need. And, um you know, we have to find a way for it. So I get it. There's a lot of variables and I feel bad too. This is killing everybody from a racing perspective. And we definitely have our tunnel vision mode yeah. on right now of thinking only speedway, you know, but the truth is that it's not just speedway, it's everything. And, yeah. I love watching the social media and seeing what, you know, pro famous profile people, whether an artist, a music, you know, musician, an actor or an actress, or just anybody in general putting out all this cool motivating stuff that they do for free on the internet. You know, you don't have to pay to go to a concert. Now you can listen to your favorite artist singing to you live on an app (laughs) and you just go, wow, how rad is this? And um, it's a, it's a good thing. And that's why, I'm also happy because we've got this good platform here. I can have a, how many times during the year or when do you and I get to spend, you know, over an hour already of just having a chat yeah, we are, about...
0: Yeah, we, we had a couple of times when so uh, we had these, uh, no, a few times when we had a uh, few hours together. The problem is that many times we don't remember because uh, we were drinking too much wine. That's the problem. <laughs>
1: You no, know, I, I would never do that. <laughs> That's because yeah, I was, I would. yeah, you were probably manipulated I would actually. at
0: that point. I remember, yeah, I remember this one. that uh, my brothers <laughs> were trying to get you drunk, you know, the night before, saying so maybe tomorrow is going slower, but it was not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I I clicked onto it about my third glass. I came second. There's there, there a conspiracy here. <laughs> how come I always have to get second?
0: <laughs> oh
1: my gosh! No, we've had some fun there. You know, you uh, over the years of everything, just to drop back for a second. You know, coming to Lanigo was always a blast, and every year, even becoming, you know, the start of the season. I I don't know how many times I was calling you in the beginning of the year. Uh, even when we were racing together, is can you get me some practice somewhere? Can we get to Badia, or can we get to Lonigo, or can we go yeah, you know, yeah. where else? Where else can I go ride in Italy? And, yeah, um, yeah. We've had some good times, you know. And Absolutely, outdoors, and, uh, and you know the, the
0: funny open. story of everything now is, uh, you know, that Lanigo track at the moment is closed because we have a su- one su- super intelligent mayor of the town that he don't like speedway, so last year he decided to close it down. And now there is a big uh, battle between, uh, uh, of course, a lot of parties of the city, including the motor club, trying to reopen it. So we are waiting for the new election of the of the city, which should happen in the next months, and uh, hoping that uh, this mayor will not be there anymore, and uh, and then, of course, the track can be reopened. Uh, can you imagine Lonigo track, uh, fifty years old? Uh, stadium that has been running hundreds of world championship events and being close is a a big shame yes
1: oh man that'd be a massive blow to it to the speedway world overall i mean we've lost a lot of tracks over the years in different countries but um like it seems like uk is where you lose the tracks mainly that people Really, really get worried about, but to lose La I mean that place has got like the history of that would just be
0: would yeah be dreadful, yes, I mean, you know? if you think that uh, that uh, in South, uh, let's know? talk about South Europe. It was one of the the tracks that um, you know every year. You know that there was going to be a big event like uh, or IG, SGP or a challenge or a pairs or whatsoever. There was going to be a big meeting there and. Uh, And uh, it was uh, recognized for that. And it was the only reason why this town was uh, recognized in the map, you know, because nobody else knew what Lonego was for. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Amazing. Oh, that's, a, that's a, what a cool story. And you guys don't have that many speedway tracks in Italy anyway. So, yeah,
0: like, correct. You know, you and uh, we are we are anymore. struggling at the moment. Uh, and you know better than me, all the tracks that we had in the past in Italy, they were based inside the towns, you know, the old stadiums from the, let's say, from the 40s, 50s. And, uh, of course, uh, they went closing down because of the noise, because of the sand, the dust, et cetera, the environment. And, um, and yes, we are mm-hmm. struggling. Now we will have an, a new track being open in center of Italy next year. And that is a bigger, bigger hope. And hopefully, of course, Leonigo will come back. Yeah. Gosh,
1: no kidding. Yeah, definitely. Need to invite that mayor over to, to the Castagna. Uh, we already did. I there.
0: think uh, he line. don't come here anymore because uh, we don't know if we, uh, which way we go. <laughs> <laughs> Better I do say no more. Listen, say...
1: <laughs> Italian style. Yeah, no, exactly Italian style. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 Just to finish up, a couple yeah. more questions for you, and then I'll leave you to your your dinner. But um, BSI, obviously, we're in the final two years. They're in their final two years of SGP before it's taken over by by Eurosport and this must be a, a, i mean what a what a shame for them looking at the situation now right with the, with the covid and everything this this takes out right now it's taking out at least half the year and you know it seems highly likely they could take out more without saying too much or you know in my own opinion but it's going to be real difficult to to get a full season of racing in even if they open the doors and uh and must be horrible for them too right looking at this going this was they were really working hard to have a couple of good Years left in the in the series, and now it's this is one year that everybody's going to remember forever. You know, this is going to be the historic moment of the of the speedway world, yes, you know, uh, to say least. I think I feel
0: uh, I feel sorry for for BSI, in fairness, because uh, I'm I'm a uh, i am i am I am on video calls uh, at least two or three times a week now with uh, Paul Bellamy, you know, the 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 boss of the BSI Speedway, and. Um, and they are struggling a lot because uh, we are struggling together because we are trying to, yeah, like everybody, we are struggling together. Oh, everybody, to, right? Yeah. To, to try to save uh, part of the the the, the championships uh, that they are running, which is SGP and SON. Uh, I'm sure you have seen that we postponed the SON to right to the end of the season, and uh, we are discussing. And next week we will uh, postpone some other events uh, like the ones in May and June and uh, in, in fairness at this moment I can say that uh, we will be very lucky if we will start in July and uh, I really hope we will be able to start in July in somehow because uh, but every day I'm receiving you know informations from different countries because I'm monitoring every country and I'm receiving from my Colleagues uh, in their in their country, all the informations uh, every minute, and uh, just ten minutes ago, I received information that Germany is thinking to close all the events until August. So you can imagine what a disaster this can be. So we are trying to 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 run whatever we can. BSI is definitely uh, how can you call it the unlucky party in all this game because. Uh, you know how much effort they also put in the sport and also the the, the the good side and the income that they have. They didn't do it for nothing, it's a business, but uh, they developed uh, the sport a hell of a lot sure. and now they have, uh, let's say, one and a half year left and uh, and uh, yes, it's a tough time. Uh, so, I have a lot of sympathy for, for them. We are trying to save this season the best we can and uh, and of course uh, we are already discussing which way we are running next year because uh, uh, how can you say in the normal routine in in this time we were already talking about next year but now with this uh, situation we are discussing how to save this season uh, in somehow and. Uh,
1: Wow. Well, that's well. That sounds that's yes, enlightening uh, yeah. for everybody. Yeah. Like, if you were trying, to, you were planning for next year, but now you're trying to still save this season. So that that's a bit of positive that you're, you know, for for people to hear. I yeah. Yeah. yeah totally. To I mean,
0: uh, we, I we are as I said, we are discussing two or three times a week, yeah. uh, and uh, tomorrow we have another call, and uh, we will discuss uh, yeah. how to postpone. Um, in which dates uh, we are thinking to move the events, and we will run SGPs uh, even in November, if uh, we will be able to. We are not... Uh, yeah, 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 we are discussing every day, and oh, really? uh, we already have, uh, you know better than me, that the speedion Nation final is uh, on 24th, 25th of October in Manchester, and uh, we are even talking about maybe to run yeah. events in November. And uh, if uh, we will have problems uh, with uh, perhaps Cardiff or uh, Warsaw or any other events, we will try to save uh, and find uh, um, how you call it a temporary stadium and run in November, even December. We don't see any problems to do that.
1: wow hey that that's that's good news, so maybe even if you had just had to shorten up the series for for hypothetical reasons to make it work you yeah, yeah. The, our events, our you target is
0: to have uh, all the championships uh, running in somehow, even if we have to reduce the numbers from ten to five or cool. six i don't know uh we will try our best to run I know that uh, you know better than me that uh, they already cancelled uh, the Olympics. Uh, they already cancelled the Wimbledon and uh, a lot of m- massive sport events. Yeah. But uh, uh, we are really trying our best to save uh, all our championships from the youth to the, you know, the 250 to the under 21 to the long track to the Speedway Grand Prix. You know, and uh, in, somehow we will. I'm, I'm sure we will.
1: Oh, that's good to hear. That's really good to hear. I mean, amongst all this negativity, it's good to have some sort of positivity. Well, uh, of, I think
0: uh, we have to, know, because in the, in the uh, how can you say uh, it will be easy to say, OK, forget it. We cancel it, everything. And uh, let's go back next year. But, uh, you know, you can't do it. I mean, this is why seriously I'm working hours and hours every day on the phone and the computer, trying to monitor and see which way in each country, where we have events, uh, how we can manage the situation and postpone the events in somewhere. And um, if one event is in one country, because you know better than me that the Speedway world, we are talking about Speedway now in particular, is a a very big world, but it's also very small world. And uh, everyone is helping each other in fairness. And this is a good in this situation, because if we have problems with one event in one country, we can always try to move to another country where the problems are less, you know, strong, let's say. So, you know, we are working on that. And uh, the the biggest problem we call the face, and I I can say this now and you know it as well, is the mobility between one country to another that cold uh, limit us uh, uh, in this situation. Because you know that now in Europe, some countries are with uh, uh, closed borders. And this will create the problem where, you know, uh, yeah. maybe some riders will not be able to travel to go to another country. But we really hope that by July or June or July, this will be solved.
1: yeah well, like you say that would be great that's the next the next battle right even if if things open up in in Poland or they open up in the u k and they open up in in Italy, that doesn't mean that it's gonna be open in um uh, you know somewhere in between you're not going to be able to cross the borders because you could potentially be bringing the virus or this you know this infectious thing to another another region again and they don't wanna flare it up so People are going to have to pick and choose their leagues in that case. Even if the, if they open the sporting events in your country, you can't leave the country. So maybe you can only ride in the UK, or you can only ride in Poland.
0: Uh, or Sweden. Mm, yes, that would uh, make the world right. championship uh, really difficult. Yes, yeah, you are right. I think you got one hot potato already out because uh, uh, we, you know better than me that this could uh, create uh, some, uh, of course, uh, um, how can you say? Uh, bad situation because, uh, of course, every league is trying to also to start and uh, maybe some riders will uh, decide uh, to be based in one country and this could also limit uh, the, the mobility, the movements of those riders to different countries. But uh, our hope at the moment, uh, our as FIM and the BSI, is that uh, in two or three months, uh, these, uh, will uh, uh, the, the countries will open up and uh, we will be able to travel. I don't personally see, this is my personal opinion, that uh, we can continue uh, like this uh, for many, many months more. I would say maybe one or two months, but then we need to start to go back in somehow to... To the normal life, you know, if not, we will be anyway all in bankrupt and, uh, you know, uh, it will be a global disaster. So I, I also, I see what uh, many other countries are thinking, you know, like Sweden that they say, okay, this is, uh, we are not uh, stopping completely. And now some other countries are opening. Also, my region said that, that we need to reopen the businesses, we need to to start to live again, because if not, uh, if we don't die of coronavirus, uh, you know, well, if you don't have the money to eat, do you have other problems to solve then? <laughs>
1: how true is that right it's going it's the knock on effect is massive how people need to survive even yeah, just your sanity. you know we have a, now we, we have, have some side. places
0: in italy where seriously people are struggling economically and uh, they they already started to assault some supermarkets and uh, and of course the government is trying to help here and there but okay now we've been more than 6 weeks like in quarantine in my opinion, you can do another two or three weeks, but then you really need to start to to give uh, uh, the back uh, to be able to go back to work somehow. That's it.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's so right. <laughs> uh, I feel you, and we're we're in our fourth week of quarantine here now, and. They're claiming that we're going to be... Uh, right now, they're saying the middle of May, 15th of May, before we will be opened up. And we're always hoping that that's going to be sooner. But I don't know, man. It's uh, You're getting used to getting up. And just... <laughs> yeah, I definitely have to say <laughs> I think that we'll our <laughs> life
0: uh, has changed uh, a lot in the last uh, few uh, few weeks. And uh, as uh, as you said, I, I have the same feeling that... Uh, in Europe uh, by middle of May uh, things uh, is a one month to go from now and um, I think uh, it will be necessary to start to uh, somehow to go back to normal life you know because uh,
1: just that little bit right just to give everybody a kickstart just to kind of yeah. We, I, and I think everybody, this is, we keep talking about it, but it's like a, a big refresh button for the world. Um, overall, everybody just kind of refreshed the whole life and everything is going to change and everybody's got to start moving again now. The only, the, yeah. one of the greatest things is our yeah. air quality is just mm-hmm. phenomenal Same here, right never, they, <laughs> they never it's had a, uh,
0: solo pollution <laughs> like we have now.
1: Oh my gosh. Talk yeah, about being yeah. an FIM Absolutely. environmental ambassador. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, Armando, I could sit and talk to you forever. I always get a kick out of this stuff, you know, and I've, I've got more and more questions about the future and what's going to happen maybe with Eurosport and the future along and more rounds. But I think a lot of this stuff isn't at the moment, isn't, uh, we don't need to go that far and we can save it for another day because there's a lot more important things in the world and right now we just want to get through this we want to get sideways again we want to get racing and uh, and uh, you
0: know better than me that uh, we are today. only hoping that this will be solved soon uh that you will be able to travel as well and uh if not i w- we will have to come and see you in in california or in sweden and uh and uh, I will bring my own case of wine with me. So, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, better me than uh, be
1: careful what you we offer. We are
0: only really hoping that we will have the chance to to sit down together and uh, you know uh, talk face to face, and uh, that will be fantastic. Thank you.
1: Well, I don't know if I know it better than you, but it sure sounds like good words to me. So uh, again, thank you very much. Uh, I, a big thank you to Armando and joining us on the Real 45 podcast. We wish nothing but health and happiness yep. for your family and of course the whole population of Italy during this crazy time. So uh, dude, what can I say? Thank you everybody for listening. Armando, mm-hmm give big hugs and big kisses to your just wife and your family. Before you go, yeah, I just I want, want to, uh, to let uh, ciao, everybody
0: ciao. know that you call me General Caster and I call you Big Red Chief. And, um, and uh, <laughs> I, it was a honor for me to be part of this. <laughs> uh, you know how big friends we are. Give a big kiss to Jenny and a big hug from all of us and to all the kids, please. And thank you very much. Ciao, ciao. Thank you. My pleasure. Always good talking
1: to you, buddy. Take care, man.